Broken God by Jagger Cole Constantine's war buried me in the darkness. Four years later, he's the one dragging me, screaming from my coma. The viciously domineering, brutal, terrifying, gorgeous tyrant who haunts the shattered fragments of my memories. The man with dark gray eyes as cold as his dark gray soul. I remember almost nothing from my past, but he does. Now he owns my present and my future because Constantine didn't wake me up for free. He brought me out of my darkness to engulf me in his, to own me, to trap me in the maze of twisted games and jagged thorns. Now I'm bound to the broken god of wrath and ruin who might hold the keys to my past, or maybe to my unraveling. Broken God is book one in a duet and not a standalone book. The complete duet is a standalone story within the Savage Air series, though. You do not need to have read the previous books in the series to read this duet. This extra dark Bratva Academy romance is guaranteed to leave your Kindle steaming. Step into the Viper's Nest of Oxford Hills Academy and meet the savage heirs of Bratva Kings and Oligarchs. Absolutely no cheating. <laughs> That's Broken God by Jagger Cole. Grab it now. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, welcome, welcome. We have got a brand new week for you. It's Laura Pavlov. She has got an incredible book for us called Destined. I'm super excited. a pretty cover. Yes, she has such pretty covers. Like all of hers are very, yeah, they're very sweet, romantic, just Mm -hmm. pretty. I love it. Like the couples on it are so pretty. All the filters on it are great. Like she's really branded herself all around. Just like she's done it. Like Mm -hmm. good job, you know, because a lot of times with authors, the longer they write, the more they are willing to jump genres because it's like, oh, you're kind of burned out on this. But it seems like with her, it's like she's just got this steady rhythm of great contemporary romance. She's got a lot of books. Like she had so many. I was, and we always make a page. I don't know if you ever go on the website, Mm -hmm. people that are listening, but, um, I put a page. She had so many books that I just started putting the series. Instead of putting one book, <laughs> I put a series in the places. She's got the a place ton sets of books. Because there's so many different things. So if Flora Pavlov's new to you, just buckle up. Because if you love this, you will love everything. Which is great. Because I want to say the book that you're about to hear is connected to her Willow Springs series. Yeah. So that's what she was saying. She was like, so if you like this, there's a whole series around this. All in so, Kindle Unlimited. Yes. Yes. Tons of KU. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk about all that good stuff in just a little bit. First thing I want to ask is, have you gotten any Girl Scout cookies? No. They were actually for sale. I seen some when I was going into the store yesterday, mm-hmm. and I seen them, and I was just, like, trying to get in and out. So <laughs> I didn't even step over. Yep. So but there- I seen the girls out there. There's a Girl Scout cookie shortage right now. Oh, is that really? Oh, yes, ma'am. If you see them, grab them up because they have already told us. We are one week in. They've told us no more online orders. If you, we don't have, they were like, you can online order if you picked the bakery to ship it to you, but you've only got two cookie options. That's oh, it. Wow. Normally, we have nine. We have nine cookies to choose from this year. The Adventure Fools were the new ones. Those were the new brownie ones with the caramel on top. Uh-huh. They, out of the gate, they were like, you're not getting any. No, you're not. No bakery is getting them. And we were like, this is a new cookie. Like, everybody's hyped up for it. How can you not, how can our troop not have them? And they were like, between the supply chain shortage and staffing, they were like, we, okay. we, we don't That's have them. I've noticed with shipping, things are taking Yep. A week longer than they used to. I mean, even mm-hmm. two-day shipping, you're not getting two-day shipping. No, They that's may put it on there that it's two-day shipping. It's not two-day shipping. You're not getting shipping. it two no. days. And they're not updating the tracking. It's because they're so behind that mm-hmm. they're not even scanning them. Like, they're not taking the time yep. to scan everything through the post office. They're just mm-hmm. like, go, go, go. Yep. It's yep. Nuts. That's exactly. It, I mean, so it's just... So it is hard out here. I actually said something about it. I was talking on Instagram on stories the other Saturday. This past one, we I was sitting outside 
and my daughter had gone in to use the restroom and it was like 30 degrees outside. It was freezing. That was when I like got windburn on my face. It was awful. But I said, I was like, if you see a Girl Scout, just buy a box of fucking cookies from her. If you if you can, if you're able to, please. Because the the thing I want to stress is the reason we sell all these cookies and we push them so hard is because this is our one big way to make money for the rest of the year. And this pays for all of our patches, all of our like sashes and vests and everything that like that are true girls. Yes, it's it, no, we have to pay for Girl Scout camp. This does pay for our troops camp, like for our individual troop to do an overnight. Mm-hmm. It does pay for that if we have the money. Yeah. So like that's the thing, too. So we get and I can't remember the exact percentage I asked I asked not long ago and she told me and it's already in one ear out the other. But I want to say like a box of cookies, five dollars. I think it's something like 60 percent of that stays in our county like the county that we're in it stays there but there's only like maybe five percent that actually goes to our troop out of that five dollars so it's like it's not even a whole dollar i don't think so like it's you know it's so important that we sell as many as possible and they're already saying like we um, our troop leader went to they call it the store it's in our county where they have you know the warehouse with all the cookies come in She's only allowed to get one box of each kind of cookie. That's it. Like we're okay. we're we're generally selling around like between three and five thousand. Like our troop isn't big. We don't sell a ton of cookies. We've sold maybe two hundred. Oh shit. Yeah, that's what's fucked up. And like I ordered like I think I ordered like two hundred of those. <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, like we had one cookie booth last weekend because we had to cancel the other one because we didn't have no cookies. That sucks. I know it's and like all it's hard because not only does the troop not get this and it's it's difficult too because I mean I made it I made a donation just directly to our troop because we have in our group we have a lot of underprivileged girls and the only reason the only reason they can be in Girl Scouts is because it doesn't cost them anything and that's because the troop pays for their registration pays for all of their stuff, like any kind of trips, meals, everything. It is all covered. So if we don't have the money to do that, either parents come out of pocket or we don't get to do it. Or these girls don't get to participate. Like it's, you know, it's shitty that that's the reality of it right now because of the supply chain issue. And, you know, people want to bitch about a $5 box of cookies. I'm like, you have no idea what good this does for the girls in this community. You know, like, what they're what they're able to do because they're in Girl Scouts and that's what we give back. I always remember when I was younger, I played softball, T ball, soccer, all the stuff my mom put me in. I Mm -hmm. always remember Girl Scouts. It stuck with me. Yeah. All the years. I could probably sing some of the songs right now. Oh, I love that. It was it's just I mean we do like community projects. We donate cookies to our we call them our hometown heroes, which are like um our healthcare workers, our fire department. Like we take cookies to them. We do cookies for a cause where if you don't wanna you don't wanna eat the cookies, you can donate your box of cookies and we send them to our USO and it's uh, they're distributed to our troops. So, like, you know, there's a lot of good things that come out of this. And it teaches our kids, like, great civic responsibility, you know, in town. So, I love that we do this. But um, one thing that I saw this weekend, and it was, like, my friend Lisa, she posted it up on Instagram. And I shared it. And it said, just a message. When you walk up to a Girl Scout table, please don't talk about how this is going to ruin your diet or you're gaining weight because all of those little girls are hearing you. That is a fabulous point. I know. And I was like, Jesus, I never realized it because, I mean, people say it all the time. They're like, yeah. oh, I'm breaking my diet already. Blah, blah, they're you just know? Ma- trying to make small talk. Yeah. And they're just trying to be cute and funny. And I get it. But it's like, yeah, if you're one of the girls at the table, you're hearing it probably 75 times a day. Yeah. So and we don't want them hearing that at all. I know. Just over and over and over, you know, people who were talking about, you know, Gaining weight and like, oh, I need to cut back, you know, just Speaking hating of gaining themselves. Weight, I was laying in bed the other day. 
And my husband has been on insulin. He started insulin now. He has type 1 diabetes, but mm-hmm. he's been able to stay off of insulin until recently. Mm-hmm. And he's laying in bed. And usually it's it's high, and he stays away from sweets and carbs. Mm-hmm. And he's laying in bed. And I hear an alarm go off because he wears a thing on him. It's, mm-hmm. like, stuck in his skin. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on? I kind of wake up, and he leaves the room, and he comes back, and he comes back, and he's got a giant cupcake, and he's, like, shoving it in his mouth. I'm, like, what? setting up, like... He's like, my insulin's like, he's like falling asleep eating this cupcake. I was like, I'm like on this diet. You just got out of sleep. Like, it woke him up in the middle of the night and he went into the cupcake. You're like, this my is cupcake. bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's shoving his mouth. What the hell? You're like, this is absolute bullshit. It's anarchy. <laughs> I was dying. Oh my God. Ugh. To, to be able to eat a cupcake in the middle of the night while you're falling asleep. It, it just, sounds like the dream I was only half awake true. and he comes back and he's like shoving it. And like I said, they're my cupcakes. I'm the only mm-hmm. one that eats cupcakes in this house. Yeah. So he like comes back with one of my cupcakes. I'm like, why does he have my cupcakes? And like, are you going like, to feed me in bed? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, is this some kind of sex thing? Because I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you wake me up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You want some? That's how to do it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. Have you been reading anything lately? Did you read anything this past weekend? Um, I read a couple of books, and now I don't have my Kindle. I'm never prepared when I ask this. I'm sorry. No, I think I left my my phone with my Kindle, like, in the bathroom when I went pee. Oh, God. Um, If you want to so go I get did, it. <laughs> I know I read um, Rochelle Page had a new book um, mm-hmm. called More, something more. That was really cute. It was a single um, mom meets billionaire in a small town. And it was like the insta-love kind of thing, which is really sweet. That's what I read this weekend. And it's a longer book, which I was excited for. Hers okay. are usually like mm-hmm. Alexa Riley size, but this is like double that. Oh, wow. So it's like two pushed together. What's she and doing over just... there, writing all these long books? <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. But it was really sweet. I'll put it in the, the show notes if somebody wants to read something light and easy. Okay. I finished my Miriam is a Potter book, the All Roads Lead Here. It was so long. But it was so beautiful. I loved it. You say it. that every time. You're like, <gasps> it's like her books are like, it, I don't know how else to ex- describe them, except it's an experience mm-hmm. like, reading or listening to her books because the narrator, Callie Dalton, I wasn't sure at first if I liked her the first time I, you know, listened to one of the books. I was like, oh, she's okay. But the more I've listened to her, the more I'm like, she is absolutely the perfect voice for these books because her voice is just so calm and soothing. And these books are long and not fast paced. And, you know, this story takes place over like a year or more sometimes. Like sometimes her books are several years. So it's like the pacing of it, it, it just depends. But you know, the, the, she's gotten this thing where she's done dual narrators for most of her audios. And the guys always have the best accent. It's never the same guy. So they always have like great accents and they're perfect for the hero mm-hmm. and this particular hero. So this book is about um, this girl. She shows up at this house. She wants to rent an apartment, a garage apartment. She shows up. Oh, I know this one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She shows up to do the garage apartment And when she does, the guy comes out. He's like, who the fuck are you? Why are you in my garage? And his son comes out and he's like, "Um, dad, a couple of things. I've rented this out to her. (laughs) And it's like he has to explain this. And so it's and he the hero is he does like gaming and wildlife and like takes care of animals in the woods. And he's amazing. And so but he's like really gruff and quiet and just kind of somber too like it's it's interesting because you think the whole time that you know you you know like it's going to be a romance like they're going to fall in love but like as I'm listening to it I'm thinking like gosh like he's really stoic and you know doesn't say much and is very standoffish but there's a part in it and you know if you don't want to know anything about it you can fast forward I don't think it's a spoiler but it, but he says he was like he said I'm just really soft-hearted and I don't want to get my heart broken and I read that and I started crying when I read that because I was just like because you kind of have um like even me like I sort of had him pegged wrong the yeah. whole time you know and so it was like it was it was just beautiful. It was such a beautiful story. 
And, um, you know, again, there, yeah, I got, it was like an eight, 16 hour book. I had maybe an hour left when they finally had sex and it was maybe a couple pages long. If, if that, if two pages, maybe only one page. That was it. it. But there's a lot of sexual tension in this one. I was surprised more so than in her other books, but it was, it was a great story. There were several really good moments that made me stop and think. And I love that about Mariana Zapata books, that she has this ability that even though there's no way for you to ever be in this scenario, there's always this moment in the heroine. It's always with the heroine. There's always this moment where she comes to this realization about her self-worth. And it feels so good reading it because yeah. like I, you 100% identify with that of not feeling like you're good enough and then finally realizing like I deserve better. Yeah. And so like, I, I love that she has these moments. So it's always by the very end of the book, I always feel so fucking good mm-hmm. when it's done. Even if I'm sad, it's over. Yeah. You know, because the book, the best thing is still my favorite. It didn't top my favorites. It's still the best thing is the number one followed very closely hot on his heels from Lukov with love. But, oh, my God, just just so, so good. And after that, um, I just started. um, Hold on. I have the book here. I seen Mm -hmm. I was doing the new releases and your Sarah. Mass person, Sarah J. Mass. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. she has a book coming out. And I put on there. She does one. It's she. It's a new one. I think in her Crescent City or one of her other series. So oh, okay. I have so you don't read that one. No, I haven't. And you know the thing is, is like everybody tells me it's even better than the Akatar series. And then, but I don't know if I want to commit to that again. Yeah, it's a big commitment. It's so uh, when many... I clicked on it and I seen the page count and shit, I think it was like eight hundred pages. Yep. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> and that's probably the that's probably the standard for all the other books in the series. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to get into that where I'm just like, fuck, do I want to do that again? I don't know. I probably will at some point. Yeah. When I'm just you like, have to be you know in the mood. What? You have to be like, yeah. there's just a time. Like sometimes I'm like, okay, I need a long book or mm-hmm. I need this or I'm looking for that. I want to get, in, I want to get sucked into a series and I want to just, you know, I want to forget about everything else for a while. Yeah. I just want to read this series. And so <clears throat> that, you know, that was like with the Mariana Zapata book. Yeah. I've been waiting for it to come out in audio, but I had an ebook, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait. And when I get the audio, it'll be the right time. And it was, it was perfect time. And when I got it, I was like, yep, don't have a book on deck. Let's do it. <laughs> but, um, I started listening to, cause you know, I rode out to the mall today for absolutely no fucking reason because of my ear pods, but whatever. But I started listening to Take a Hint, Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert. And it is already, I think I'm like maybe an hour or two into it. And it is so cute. It's so like her, her heroines are so fucking cool and charming and sexy. And like they just, they have this thing where they just own their sexuality. And yeah. I love that uh, Danny, Danny, Danica in this, she, um, she's just like, I just need to get fucked. Like that's how it starts where mm-hmm. she's like, She's like, look, I haven't had my pussy eaten in so long. I just, I need it to happen right now. <laughs> and so, and she's like, she's bisexual. So she starts off like talking about like this girl she just, you know, went out with and blah, blah, blah. But she ends up like there's a security guard in her where she works in a university. And they've kind of like developed this really fun friendship. And she's like, God, I just want to ride his dick. But he's such a nice guy. He'll probably like want to talk afterwards. <laughs> like It's so cute. But he's got this way of just making her laugh and he's so charming and sweet. And she's like, damn it, I don't want a boyfriend. I don't want to do, you know, I just want to get fucked. (laughs) And he's like, you know, what are you, let's go on a date. (laughs) It's cute. So, yeah, I'm loving it so far. But, um, I don't know. Do you have any books that you're looking forward to this year? Do you know any books that are going to release? I know I have a Sam Crescent book coming tonight. Oh, tonight. I just, I'm on the fence about it. I don't, I do and don't like this series. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. She has a series and <laughs> she's seen a, she made a post about it the other day. She's like, I love writing these rejected mates. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about your rejected mate series. Okay. I keep reading them. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> stop you. It hasn't stopped me. I don't read, like I don't one click everything. 
But like I said, I'm one clicking this theory still. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I think it's because I don't like the trope. Like the rejected, I'm like this. I hate this trope. What's the What's trope. the trope? Rejected mate. I don't understand. Rejecting your mate. You're rejecting your fated mate. What? Like for some reason, the hero pushes away their fated mate. So like, I know I I'm gonna hate it, but at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm like, grovel coming. Um, yeah, you know that's what I mean. Be and worth that's it, what's yeah. pulling me like. Causing, like, I see the series, I read, I'm like, what is, what is going to write this? But then I'm like, but you're going to get a gravel. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. that. So it's like a, this bittersweet, like, I'm going to read it fine, but I'm mm-hmm. irritated about it. But then when I'm done, I'm usually fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you, weird. Like you it's, say, you keep buying them. I keep buying it. Here I am. Here you are. <laughs> Here we are. Still talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you reading that late tonight? Because yeah. I'll get it on, I'll get it at 11 o'clock my time. Because oh, it releases, pre-orders hit Eastern time. So oh, it'll yeah, hit. yeah. So you get a little bit early. So I'll know, I don't hit my Kindle around like 11.05, 11.06. That's weird. <laughs> That's a <laughs> that weird That you know that exact time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know on Monday nights, because everything <clears throat> usually comes out on Tuesdays, your pre-orders, mm-hmm. it's going to show up around 11 o'clock. I love it. All right, let's talk about Laura Pavlov. Laura Pavlov writes sweet and sexy contemporary romance that will make you both laugh and cry. She is happily married to her college sweetheart, mom of two awesome almost grown kids and a dog whisperer to one temperamental Yorkie and one wild Bernadoodle. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's like a Bernie's mountain dog and a poodle. Laura resides in Las Vegas, where she is living her own happily ever after. Be sure to sign up for updates on new releases. Laura loves to hear from her readers. The book that she's brought us is called Destined, and I'll read you the book bio, and then we'll tell you all her good stuff. Harper Wallace is my best friend's little sister. She's completely off limits. We'd crossed that line once, and I'd done everything I could to forget that it happened. But some things can't be forgotten. Some secrets can't be kept forever. And when Harper moves back home, all bets are off. The feeling I had for her, the feelings I had for her are stronger than ever. Harper Wallace is the first girl I ever loved. I just didn't realize she'd be the last. Oh, I love that. No. Oh, that's such a good line. Her new release is the is the final book in the Willow Springs series, which is connected to this novella you're about to listen to. That is to. so awesome. So if you guys like <clears throat> this one, you can go get the whole the, series. The whole series. In Kindle Unlimited, you'll probably get to meet a bunch. That's just brilliant idea to yeah, do. Yeah, I know. Isn't it great? So give a shot of this to like a taste mm-hmm. of the series and then. And you get the whole thing. Yeah. And it's in KU, like you said. Um, the book claimed release two weeks ago, um, but the entire series is now in KU. I guess it wasn't before, but now it's all in it. Um, the giveaway this week is a signed paperback of Frayed is book one in the series and a gift card as well. So she's doing all that. So let's play the first installment of Destined. We'll see you guys on the other side. This is Destined by Laura Pavlov. Read for you by James Amherst. Chapter 1. Knox. I made my way to Tucker's Bar and Grill after threatening to show up at Harper's workplace if she didn't agree to meet. She'd just moved to Dallas two weeks ago, and she'd been avoiding me ever since. My best friend's little sister was not my biggest fan, but I'd promised Hayden that I'd check on her, and she wasn't making it easy. Hey there! The hostess batted her lashes and smiled. Do you have a reservation? Yep. Party of two for Knox Carlisle, I said, glancing around. The place was hopping busy. I loved everything about the city. I'd grown up in Willow Springs, a small town a few hours from here, which would always be home, but I appreciated the big city life as much as the next guy. Oh yes, the rest of your party has already arrived, she said as she led me through the crowded bar area, and I looked up to see Harper staring down at her phone. She was most likely complaining to a friend about having to see me. Most people were thankful for my vibrant personality, but Harper Wallace had always been a different story. I hadn't seen her in years, as she'd left Willow Springs for college and rarely came back to town since her mother had moved away. When the hostess winked at me and walked off, I waited for Harper to look up at me. 
Dark brown eyes locked with mine and my stomach did some sort of pussy-whipped flip that startled me. What the actual fuck? I wasn't that guy. I dated often and was not lacking in attention from the opposite sex, but she'd always been the prettiest girl I'd ever seen, and obviously that hadn't changed. I followed her on social media, though she did not follow me back, but at least I'd gotten to see her often over the years, thanks to the modern conveniences we had these days. But seeing her in person? Photos didn't do her justice. Harper? I said, moving around the table and waiting for her to stand. She raised a brow and rolled her pretty eyes, a classic Harper move. Her long brown waves tumbled down her back and she pushed to her feet. Jesus, she was pretty. She wore a white ruffly blouse with no sleeves as it was hot as hell right now in Dallas. Are you just going to stand there and gawk? She hissed. Did I mention that we had a history? One neither of us had ever spoken of, as far as I knew. Scratch that. If she'd ever said so much as a word to Hayden, I would most definitely know about it because I'd be sporting two black eyes and my best friend would not be speaking to me. I pulled her into my arms and breathed her in. Jasmine and Tuber rose. Yes, I had a keen sense of smell. What can I say? I was a mama's boy through and through, and my mother had a green thumb and dragged me out to her greenhouse more times than I could count when I was young. Are you sniffing me, Knox? She said over her laughter when she pulled back to look at me. I always told you that you smelled good. She shook her head and dropped back down in her chair across from me. Country music played in the background and people were buzzing around us, but I couldn't pull my gaze from hers. You're just good with the compliments. Always were, right? She said, raising a brow and begging for an argument. That's what we'd always seem to do back in the day. There was a push and pull that had existed for as long as I could remember. So, why were you refusing to see me? You moved to Dallas and you know I'm here, yet you don't take my calls for days? I'm getting settled. I have a new job, a new apartment. I know it's hard for you to believe, but the world doesn't revolve around you, Knox. Her southern twang was so cute, it stirred something in me. Even when she was pissed and insulting me, Harper Wallace felt like home. She always had. I beg to differ, but that's a conversation for another time, I chuckled. Our server walked over, and we ordered our drinks and a few appetizers before he stepped away. So tell me what you've been up to. I mean, aside from graduating first in your law school class and avoiding Willow Springs like the plague. Her lips turned up in the corners. The girl had a smile that could light up a room. Where are you getting your information? Obviously, I follow you on social media. I noticed. She laughed and covered her mouth to try to compose herself. Must you comment on every single post? Well, it's the only way I can communicate with you. I shrugged, and I noticed you don't follow me back. I don't need to see you posting with all your ladies, Knox. I've moved on. She reached for a glass of wine when the server set down our drinks. I didn't miss the way her hand trembled as she held the wine glass. Plus, I certainly did not post about where I finished in my graduating class. I'm not an asshole. Now it was my turn to chuckle. Well, I get bits and pieces on social media, and the rest I get from Hayden. He's so proud of you, Harp. Don't call me that, she hissed. Harp the Herald Angels Sing? I laughed because I'd always teased her about her name growing up, and I was a big nickname guy. Always had been. She used to giggle when we were young, but the mature Harper seemed more annoyed. Why do you care what I'm up to? Why did you insist on seeing me, just because I live in the same city as you? Come on, we grew up together. We've got Hayden's wedding in a few weeks. Can't we put this behind us? It's so far behind me that I can barely remember why I dislike you, she said, and the jackass waiter heard her comment as he set our plates down and chuckled. I shot him a warning look because you can't enter a conversation that started a decade ago and give input. Back the fuck off, dickhead, and stop staring at her like she's your next meal. I reached for my napkin and shook it hard enough to swat his hand as he lingered at our table. We're good? My face hardened as I stared at him and he held his hands up and backed away. Very mature, Knox. What can I say? 
when it comes to you, I'll never stop protecting you. Oh, really? What if the person I need protecting from is you? Ain't that the million-dollar question? Chapter 2 Harper This man had a way of infuriating me more than anyone ever had. Knox Carlyle had been such a big part of my childhood and adolescence in more ways than I wanted to think about. He and Hayden had been the best of friends ever since I started pre-K and they started kindergarten. We were one year apart, but those two always acted like they were much older than me. Knox was the boy who stole the attention of everyone when he entered the room, charming and sweet and funny as all get out. The boy broke more hearts back home than I could count, but one in particular was unforgettable. Mine. Knox Carlyle was the boy I'd crushed on most of my life, only to share one night together. He took my virginity and ran for the hills like a goddamn coward, and I had no desire to see him again any time soon. I'd waited for him to say something to Hayden like we'd discussed after that night, but he never did. We pretended nothing ever happened between us, and he left for college shortly after. When my mama left Willow Springs after I moved back east for college, I didn't go back home often. Sure, my daddy was there, but he wasn't very involved in my life, so there was no reason to visit. But now that Hayden was living back home and had met Naomi, and they were planning their wedding there, there was no more avoiding it. I was thrilled when I was hired by a big-time firm out of Dallas because my brother and I were close, and I would be able to see him more often now with Willow Springs only a few hours away. But it also meant living in the same city as Knox Carlisle. Hell, the whole state of Texas wasn't big enough to avoid the man, and Dallas was certainly already proving to be a problem. You think you need protecting from me, Harp? I let out a long breath before reaching for a tortilla chip covered in gooey cheese and avocado and took my time chewing as I thought over his question. The man had somehow managed to get even better looking with age, which pissed me off. When I tell you he took my breath away back in the day, it would not be an understatement. And now he was taller and still lean, but he'd filled out in all the right places. Broad shoulders, narrow hips a perfectly sculpted jawline, dark wavy hair, and dark blue eyes that rivaled the color of the deepest sea. Not anymore. You have zero effect on me now, and I'd like to keep it that way. We aren't friends anymore, Knox. You made that abundantly clear when you left me and never looked back. His tongue swiped out to wet his bottom lip. Not true, and you know it. I tried to reach out a few times your senior year in high school after I'd gone to college, when I came back for winter break, you were dating Joey Ravioli and wouldn't give me the time of day. He shrugged. I huffed because the man was as infuriating as he used to be. His name is Joey Ragaton, you jackass. And why would I give you the time of day after what you did? I hated that a lump formed in my throat, that my eyes watered, and I fought hard to push the tears away. Why did I care? It had been a decade. I'd been 16 years old, and he'd been 17 when we'd snuck out to the lake one night, after Hayden had a nasty fight with my dad and drank far too much. Knox and I had been sneaking off to talk for weeks leading up to that night. We'd both admitted that we had feelings for one another, but the thought of telling Hayden was terrifying back then. I was 17 fucking years old, Harp. I didn't want to lose my best friend. He'd stopped talking to Tommy Wakefield for just looking at you a certain way. I couldn't tell him, he said as he ran a hand through his hair. But I have regretted that decision for the past ten years. Running away from you wasn't the right thing to do. Oh, please. You did not seem to miss a beat in college. That's why I unfollowed you on social media. It was hurtful, Knox. I sniffed and looked away. Listen, I know it doesn't sound like it, but I truly am over it. I don't want to talk about it. It is what it is. I wasn't important enough to fight for, I get it. But we don't need to be best friends either. I've already met a few people in my building and a few co-workers, and I'm doing just fine. You don't need to look out for me. I've been taking care of myself for a long time. It's about time my brother understands that as well. I never stopped thinking about you. 
I may have looked like I was having a ton of fun in college, and in a way I was, but I never stopped missing you, the girl I couldn't have. And if memory serves, you're the one that has had several boyfriends over the past decade. I have not had one decent relationship since. That infuriated me. The playboy was not going to play victim. Since what? We never had anything because you were too much of a coward to allow us to. But get one thing straight, Knox Carlyle. I raised a brow and reached for my wine, taking a big swig before setting it back down. I am not the same little girl who cried over you back then. I don't need protecting. You taught me how to avoid heartbreakers, as you were the only boy to ever hurt me. Well done. He looked crushed by my words. How could this surprise him? Wow. Wow what? I hissed. I managed to push away the only girl I ever truly wanted. The bastard thought he could sweet-talk me, but he had another thing coming. I wasn't sixteen anymore, and his charm would not work on me this time around. Chapter 3 Knox Your brother is like a brother to me, Harp. You know that. And after your parents' divorce, he felt like you needed to step up and protect you. Damn, he fucking loves you so much. And he loves you so much. You're the brother he never had, she said as she ran her finger over the rim of her glass. Her pouty, full lips were causing all sorts of trouble for me down south. My dick had been hard since the moment I hugged her. That was the problem with Harper Wallace. She'd always done crazy shit to me. Hell, the one night we were together was the best night of my life, and I'd been with plenty of women since. None had ever come close to what I felt for her. He wouldn't have understood, I said. I've always wanted to apologize to you, but you avoided me from that night on. Because you said you were going to talk to him, Knox. Do you know how it made me feel to see you again, and have you just act like nothing had happened? I let out a long breath. Here's the truth. I'm sure you remember that night. Hayden had gotten hammered, your father had pissed him off as he hadn't paid your mom child support and whatever other shit the asshole did. That next morning, I swear, I tried to talk to him, Harp. He came over and he was a mess. Hell, I thought he knew something was going on between us. But instead, he opened up about how your father had spent your college funds, and he was so devastated. He'd wanted to fix that relationship, and I think that was the night that finally made Hayden shut down where your father was concerned. Yes, I remember. It was a mess. But what did that have to do with us? A tear streamed down her cheek and my chest squeezed. I leaned over the table and swiped it away with my thumb before grazing her cheek with the back of my knuckles. I needed to touch her. Hell, I'd been dreaming about Harper Wallace for longer than I wanted to admit. He told me that the only thing he wanted to do moving forward was help your mama and keep you safe. He said he needed to protect you from all the selfish assholes out there like your father. Do you remember Tommy telling Hayden that he wanted to ask you to senior prom? Yes, they got in a stupid brawl over it. I never so much as flirted with Tommy, but he was a nice kid. Hayden overreacted because he knew that Tommy was a player. She shook her head and didn't hide her annoyance. Well, so the fuck was I, Harp. Hell, I'd hooked up with half of our senior class. I'd never liked anyone the way I liked you, and that's the truth. But that day, your brother told me I was his only true friend, and that he knew I'd never cross the line like Tommy had. Hell, Tommy had only asked to take you to prom. I'd just taken your virginity. He told me that none of our friends were worthy of you, including me. I felt about this big. I said, holding up my finger and my thumb about an inch apart. I wasn't good enough for you. I knew it. He knew it. You were the only one who didn't know it. So I did the right thing. We were leaving for school in a couple weeks anyway at that point, so I figured I was doing you a favor. Well, it hurt like hell. But lucky for you, I'm just fine now, she said, reaching for a chicken finger. Let's just put it behind us. I'm good with that. I'm sorry, Harp. I've really missed you. She studied me for a long moment before nodding. She didn't say it back, but she wasn't yelling at me for saying it either. Sorry that I've never commented back to you on social media. 
I guess I just hated you for a while, but we were young and stupid, so I'll let it go, okay? I do comment on every single post, don't I? I asked with a laugh, and you comment back to everyone but me. Now it was her turn to laugh. Her head fell back, dark hair tumbling all around her, and her lips parted as she continued laughing. You noticed that, did you? Hell yes, I did. I've always noticed everything when it comes to you. Stop it, Knox. If you want to try this friendship thing, then you can't flirt with me, she said with a smile as she tucked her hair behind her ear. I don't know how to be around you and not flirt. I shrugged, because I was painfully attracted to the girl. I'd loved her for most of my life, and that hadn't changed. She'd been a friend for as long as I could remember, and something had shifted between us my senior year of high school, and it had never shifted back. Try. We'll be walking together at the wedding, right? Damn straight. I can't wait to stand beside my best friend on his big day. And you and Naomi are close, huh? Yeah. She doesn't have any sisters, and we spend all the holidays together. She and Hayden came to visit me back east a lot during college and law school. So, we'll be walking together. And as much as you claim to have so many friends in Dallas, I said dramatically and didn't hide the sarcasm, I've been living here for five years, and I can at least show you all the best places in the city. What do you say? Friends? I reached my arm across the table, and she set her hand in mine. It fit there perfectly. Fine. Dazzle me, Carlyle. Consider it done. What are you doing tomorrow during the day? It was the weekend, so I figured she'd be off work. I was just going to hang some pictures in my apartment and then explore the city a bit. I can help you hang the pictures. I'll show you everything you want to see. I wriggled my brows and she finally pulled her hand away. Okay. She picked up her glass. Cheers to rekindling our friendship. I'll drink to that all day, Harp. I winked. I couldn't ask for more than that. Chapter 4 Harper I hated that I cared how I looked as I got ready for Knox to pick me up. This wasn't a date. We'd finally agreed to stop hating one another, or at least for me to stop hating him. But the truth was I'd never cared for anyone the way I cared for him. I'd loved Knox Carlyle my entire life, and when he left for college and never tried to fix what happened between us, it felt like betrayal of epic proportion. I'd cried for months after that night. I cried for what I thought we had and for what we'd lost. I cried because I'd started to believe that he'd just lied to me about having feelings for me. I cried because I'd wondered if he'd just played me for years. But I knew how intense Hayden could be, and I understood it. Our father had really turned his back on our family, and Hayden, being the oldest at a time when our mother was struggling to keep it together, had felt a lot of pressure to take on that father figure role with me. I appreciated it to an extent, and thankfully the older I got, the more he learned that I didn't need my overbearing brother scaring away every boy that ever talked to me. I'd often wondered if that's why Knox had joined in. They'd run off every boy that asked me out during high school, and I'd caught Knox looking at me when no one was around, years before the night we crossed the line. I knew in my heart that what he felt for me was genuine, but it didn't stop me from doubting everything I'd believed to be true after he left. It was nice to hear him admit that there was something real between us, that I wasn't crazy, and if we could find a way to be friends again, that wasn't a bad thing. I'd just need to be cautious when it came to Knox. He'd always been my weakness. So, I'd proceed with caution. My brother was thrilled to hear that Knox was taking me out to see the city today. He'd nagged me incessantly to reach out to his best friend after I'd moved here. He had no idea why I'd despised the boy for so long, nor was it any of his business. That's what frustrated me the most. Knox never needed Hayden's approval. They were the same damn age, and I was only a year younger, old enough to make my own decisions. I guess we'd never know what could have been, but we could at least put it behind us and move forward as friends. I wore a black tank top and white shorts. I'd curled my hair and pulled it back in a long ponytail and slipped on my black sandals. He said we'd be walking a lot and I wanted to be comfortable. There was a knock on my door and I pulled it open to find him standing there, looking like he could be posing for a cologne ad. 
His hair was tousled, and he wore khaki shorts and a light blue button-up linen shirt with white sneakers. The man had style, no doubt about it. Hey, I said, inviting him in. This is it. He glanced around and smiled. It looks like you. I shook my head and laughed. How? It's small but stylish, warm but manages to be hipster at the same time. Ridiculous. Are you ready? I asked. Standing in a small space with my childhood crush was doing all sorts of things to me. I thought I was hanging pictures, he asked. I came home and did it last night. Okay, you ready to see this city in all its glory? I see you've still got a flair for the dramatics, I said as I locked the door and we rode down in the elevator together. Obviously. So, where's your office? Can you walk to work? Yep, it's just two blocks from here. How about you? Do you live close by? I knew that Knox ran Carlisle Ad Agency with his brother Crew. It was an iconic building a few blocks from here, but I hadn't been in it yet. Yes, that'll be part of the tour. I'm glad you're here, Harp. My chest squeezed at his words, a mix of nostalgia and being undeniably turned on at the same time. How did he always manage to do that, even all these years later? It felt like no time had passed, like we'd picked up where we'd left off. There was a comfort, a connection that I couldn't explain. One I should be cautious of, for sure. Me too. So, where to first? He reached for my hand. Stay close. It gets hectic down here on the weekends. First stop, the Sixth Floor Museum at Daly Plaza. I know you love history, too, and it's fascinating. I didn't tug my hand away. Not when we walked down the street, or when we were out of the crowd in the former Texas School Book Depository building, reading about the assassination of John F. Kennedy. I couldn't believe he remembered my love of history. We'd always shared it. He and I would stay up late watching old movies, long after Hayden fell asleep when we were young. We both read in silence as we continued to move from room to room through the museum. We walked out of the building, and I was still reeling from all I'd read— I could get lost in that place for hours. Me too, he said. A lot of people hadn't known the sides of Knox that I knew. I wondered if he still kept them hidden, the deeper side. On the outside, Knox Carlyle was the life of the party, the guy everyone wanted to hang out with. But I knew the other side, the side of him that still hurt from losing his twin sister Belle when she was only five years old. He'd struggled with her death for many years, but he'd shared with me how difficult it was. She'd lost her battle to cancer on their fifth birthday. Yes, the irony that she'd left the world on the same day that she'd entered it wasn't lost on anyone. But he'd always put on a brave face for others, trying to shield his mother and his family from how badly the loss hurt him. But he and I? We'd talked for hours. He would share how heavy he felt at times— how it overwhelmed him, and he didn't want to talk to his family because they were already hurting so much. I talked to him about how much I was hurting over the fact that my father had walked out on our family, and though they weren't the same thing, we both understood sadness and heartache. Hayden was too busy being angry. He didn't like to talk about it, so I'd always had knocks. Until I didn't. He pulled me into his favorite ice cream store and ordered me a strawberry cone dipped in sprinkles, the fact that this man remembered so many of the little things about me put me more at ease with Knox for the first time in a decade. When he and Hayden left for college, and Knox acted like nothing had happened between us, in a way I'd lost the boy that I loved and my best friend at the same time. He'd been both of those things to me, though I'd never told him. How's your family doing? I asked as we sat at a cute table beside a fountain. He filled me in on all the things his brothers had been up to, I'd already heard about Crew marrying Mara Benson, which had been the big scoop in Willow Springs, as their families had been enemies for longer than I'd been alive. I've thought about calling you every year on my birthday, because you were always the only one I could talk to about it also being the day Bell passed, he said, surprising me with the weight of his statement. Knox, you know that if you'd called me on that day, I would have taken that call. Even though I was hurt, I still thought about you every year on that day hoping time would make the hurt easier on you. He nodded and reached across the table to tuck my hair behind my ear and stroke my cheek. Damn, I've missed you something fierce, Harp. 
I always ask Hayden about you. I stalk your social media. I've missed you so damn much. My breath caught in my throat, and a few tears streamed down my face. I've missed you too. Even when I hated you, I missed you. It was the truth. I loved Knox, and I always would. Whether it be as a friend or a lover, Knox Carlyle was most likely the greatest love of my life. How sad is that? Our relationship never stood a chance. He pulled his hand away to reach for his napkin as ice cream spilled down his other wrist. Hayden told me you broke up with that Brad asshole. I barked out a laugh. Brad was not an asshole. He was such a sweet guy. Did Hayden tell you he was an asshole? Not really. I mean, he wasn't a huge fan, and the pictures you posted of the two of you together aggravated me. Why? I laughed. How was it possible that he hadn't changed at all since the last time I saw him? He always had his arm around you in sort of a smothering way, he said as he licked his mint chip ice cream cone. He seemed kind of possessive. It pissed me off. I rolled my eyes, but I was enjoying every minute with him. Vanished in Denver by Lane Daniels. She humiliated my kid brother, and that's not allowed. It doesn't matter that she's just a college girl or that half the time he's such a little punk, he probably deserved it. He's an Aslanov, as am I. The city and everything of value within it belongs to our family, to me. I am Marat Antoniovic Aslanov, firstborn of Anton Aslanov. Nothing has ever mattered more than showing the world I am even stronger than the man who fathered me and twice as ruthless in protecting what's ours. At least, that's what matters before Sage Peterson. Finding her is easy, taking her is simple, allowing her to leave isn't going to happen. Captivated by their captive, these made men only answer to the women they love. Dangerous bad boys, thrilling suspense, and a passion worth dying for. These possessive men will break all the rules to claim the women who have stolen their hearts. If you love boundary-pushing men who are sexy, scintillating, and seriously dangerous, this is the series for you. Vanished in Denver by Lane Daniels. Live now. Welcome back. Hey, ladies. Um, Like I said, don't forget to enter this week's giveaway. And we'll see you back here on Thursday with the second installment of Destined by Laura Pavlov. Tell me what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read.